Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Top 10% Podcast. This is not your host, Dan Carter. This is Tribal, filling in for Dan Carter. Dan is out running, doing some hunting, and uh, visiting his father, so we're going to get some episodes put in here. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. It's with the general. The general is Joe Bartos, or Barto or Bartos. I, I, I screw his name up every time. But Joe is a legend in his own mind and everybody's mind around him. He's a he's an absolute machine. He's got a power of knowledge for coyote hunting and thermals, ARs, and I've learned a lot from this guy. I hope you guys enjoy this week's episode. <laughs> Bro, I just shot T-Bar. Oh, my God. This episode of the Top 10% Podcast is brought to you by Top 10% Hunting Headquarters, located in Coldwater, Michigan, your premier AR manufacturing outlet. Let's get back to your host, Dan Carter, of the Top 10% Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. I got the general, Joe Bartos, on the line. And um, I'm just going to jump right in and let my man go. This guy is a legend in his mind and mine. And Cooter's mind, Dan's mind, Jeremy's mind. He is one of the best coyote guys. And I'm just going to go with, run with that. I mean, in my eyes, he's one of the best. So we're going to get in that. I'll let Joe give an intro, and then we'll we'll um, start the conversation off. How you doing, Joe? No, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You flatter me, though. I'm plenty of guys that are much better than I am. Aw. Yeah, Flattery yeah. goes a long ways, don't it? So next oh, time yeah. I'm out there coyote hunting, you'll put me on some dogs. Yeah, yeah, I'll try. I'm over here all red cheeked, you know, making me blush. <laughs> what? Why don't you give a little um, intro about yourself and in, in the coyote world, and um, talk about you know what you got to, you know, how busy you are. I I know all them details, but why don't you share some of that? All right. Well, I mean, a lot of guys probably don't know, but. I'm partnered in a construction company with my father. There's about seven of us that work. Um, so busy, it's unreal. Can't find any help nowadays. Amen. Yep, and then when you do find help, you know, the guys are setting their ways, and it's kind of difficult to get anybody to conform to our style. Uh, my dad's real old school. He's pretty grouchy all the time, and he hires some of his buddies, and uh, they're the same way. So it's stressful, but, you know, we're, we're making it work. But uh, pretty much I work six days a week, and then we're my wife and I live in a an old farmhouse. There's constant remodels, constantly doing something to this place. Um, we're never happy, never satisfied. Like for example, I'm in the process of putting hardwood floor throughout the living room area. I got about 250 square foot to go, and I'm done, and I got to trim it out. But that's kept me busy, you know, trying to do it after hours. Other than that, how many kids, Joe? No, I got three kids. I got two boys and a girl. All young. Yep. All young. Yep. My oldest is seven. Middle child is five. And my baby girl is not quite two yet. She'll be two in March. And uh, not to mention my wife works 
my, we, we homeschool our kids, you know, uh, it's kind of crazy time, like the way the world's going. So I'm going to keep my kids out of that public school. And then, uh, my wife is also a photographer, so she works afternoons and weekends, just always trying to make it work. And that's, that's why I never spend any time in a tree. I don't know you guys are out there hunting down the deer, but I don't have time to do that. The only time I can get out is after everyone's asleep. And that's actually why I got into coyote hunting so heavy. It's the only free time I have is when all the family's in bed. So you're a, you're a night stalker that takes a lot of new pictures for his wife for her work. And, oh, I, sorry, I added that in there. Yeah, she, um, she don't want nothing to do with me. <laughs> Yo, no, that's what got you into it was the time, right? You're pretty around. much. Yeah, I, I hunted a lot with my dad when I was a kid. Um, I mean, you know this, but I'll let everybody know. I, I used to bow hunt with my dad a lot. Not not gun hunt very often, but we used to bow hunt a lot. And as I was a kid, I, we found out there was a problem with my right eye. And so it it's degenerate. Over the years, it gets worse. And the doctors didn't believe me, and they just thought I didn't want to wear glasses. And uh, by the time I was about 16 years old, it was so bad, I couldn't hardly see my pin. And I, I wound a couple deer. I finally told my dad I was done. I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to wound deer. Nobody's listening to me. It's not right. And so uh, we went to a specialist and found out that we had waited too long. And there's something incorrect with the nerves in my eye. Could have been fixed if I was a kid, but now that I'm an adult, it's all fused. It's impossible to fix. So basically my right eye is dead. So I switched to left hand, which was easy with a gun. Very difficult with a bow. So And you've been, you've been shooting this year with a left-hand Hoyt. I did. I bought that Hoyt, you know, from you. I bought that, uh, man, I don't even know I'm drawing Hoyt, blank on the Torex. name right now, but I bought that Torex from you, mm-hmm. and uh, I've been dialing it in. This is my second season with that bow, and I'm, I'm shooting groups, but, you know, that's not as good as I would like to be. So I, I have yet to sit in the tree with that bow. Um, I do have a crossbow that I use if I get any free time, but I'm tired of guys making fun of me using a crossbow, so... I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna get this bow dialed in, and hopefully have some time to get out there. Hey, dude, it's it's legal to eat your own. Get out there, and enjoy it. Yeah, no, that's true. And you know, I don't give a shit what anybody thinks, but amen. You know, amen so, yeah. to that. So what? So the coyote hunting. I I got. I'm gonna flare this guy a little bit more because I had a chance to hunt with him and Jay. Um, Jay Flynn is your partner, and Jay Flynn is a huge part of Top Ten Percent. Um, I had an opportunity to go hunt with you two guys, and there's a reason he's called the general. The general takes charge of the battlefield, assesses the the you know the night hunt that we're getting ready to go into. And the very first sit, you know, it was a whole new like it was, this is stuff. I I'm like, whoa! You got all calling coyotes in from the left, the right, from behind us. Jay's pulling his thermal or his gun. I forget if he had thermal at that time, but it was definitely night vision or thermal. I think he had, I think he was still using the uh, ATN, but he, he definitely had the Axion scanner. Yeah. And he's shooting, shooting a dog. He jumps over and shoots another dog and there's another dog come behind us. Joe's whipping around. And it was just, just to me, it was just like, Whoa, this is, yeah. these guys are legit. I mean, they're calling in dogs. They got some sounds, Sound like you know, like two two women battling over some sausage, you know, from Smoky House or <laughs> that something. That's exactly what I was doing. Um, yeah, you know, two two biggins or something. It was it was just it was like, well, what in the world is going on here? But it was 
that's when I realized we had the general and we had Admiral Redbeard and it was just to me it was a whole new world I was brought into so I want to thank you on that but I mean you know you you do a lot even you've talked many hours about you know the mindset of a coyote year round and you know you spend I know you sit up at night acting like you're taking a dump but you're in there doing research on uh, coyotes or you know just the stuff I mean you know how many hours at night do you sit there and obsess over this uh, it's pretty much the only thing I think about other than, you know, my family and it, it kind of cuts into my work life a lot too. I'll, I'll miss small things. I'll be, as a matter of fact, I passed the driveway to the job today cause I went and checked out a cornfield and, uh, you know, all the guys are sitting there waiting for me at work, but it's, it's pretty, it's, I'm obsessed with it. It's pretty much all I ever think of. I'm constantly trying to get better. I'm constantly trying to learn. Um, you know, I, I know for sure I don't have it all figured out, but knowledge is power. And I read every research paper I can get my hands on. I try listening to podcasts. I'm watching, you know, I watch a little bit of YouTube. I've got every DVD you can imagine. As a matter of fact, Cooter, I think you got a couple of my DVDs. You got to send me back if I'm not wrong. But, uh, yeah, I spent a lot of time thinking about coyotes trying. It's the behavior of it really. And, you know, like you were saying that first set, I went out with you no, that was you and Jay were on the gun. I, I want to be on the call. Most time when I'm out there, I want to be on the call. For me, the thrill is reacting to the sounds I hear, reacting to the situation, and figuring out a way to convince that coyote to come in. You know, killing it is a bonus. If I get to see one, I'm happy, you know. Yeah, well said. That's that's kind of what it was. You know, it was it was the leadership and putting those calls together. It's just not something I'm I wasn't yeah. ready for that. Um, it was, it was, it was very exciting, and um, you know, I've been out there doing it and learning from you, and I'm always picking your brain. Hey, what what sequences do I run? You know, back when I was out getting like B going, you know, Jason Miller, and you know, I'd hit you up, and you say, ah, you probably want to run this this time of year, this time of year, and it seemed to always work out. You know, we we kind of would find a niche of getting dogs in and um but i mean this is not stuff that i it would have took me years to figure out if i was out there trying to wing it so that's why i think it was so important to get you on here and talk about some of the ways that you've learned being a father you know the general of your construction crew because you are um and you know your time is limited so it's pretty impressive with limited time that you get out there and still you know Compete in these big tournaments, and um, you and Jay do really well every time. Um, just imagine if you had the, the hours to get out there and, and devote oh, yeah. more without, you know, but family first. I appreciate that. Yeah, it is always family first, you know, and then a second would have to be my career because it's a family-owned company, and my brothers work for me, and, uh, you know, we feed a lot of people. If I, if I fuck off and we lose this a contract, it's not only me that's punished. You're talking about four or five families, you know, so it would be its first family and then my career and then hunting gets kicked to the side. But, but that's also why I decided early on, if I was going to do it, I wanted to take it serious and make every, every stand count. You know, a lot of guys don't believe me when I say this, but you know, a lot of guys in Michigan, uh, there's some bigger names, guys that kill hundred plus a year. They were hunting 10, 20, 30, 40,000 acres. You know, they got spots up the wazoo, when I tell people I only hunt about 10 spots, I only hunt about 10 properties a year. 
of my own personal properties. And then I hunt with Jay for in the tournaments. I do almost all my killing on 10 properties and it's, uh, I have to make each one count, you know, I, I don't hunt as often as I want to, but if I'm out there, I have to make it count. Cause I don't know the next time I'm going to get out, you know, I got to get that fill. Yeah. I want to bring up something with that. Cause we talked about this before. Um, the coyote being, a, um, so you, so like, I, I don't use that one property close to you, but where they do, where they dump the deer carcasses. Yeah. Um, so That's you go in there, secret, we kill a dog, two, three dogs, whatever off there. Explain why it fills right back up. You explained it, but I can't explain it like you explained it. Okay. Um, well, it's, it's a little bit in depth, but, um, so in, in my understanding of it, now I'm sure there's somebody who's going to disagree, but in my understanding of it, we, we often refer to it as a, a coyote pack. It's not actually a pack. It's a group of family members from previous litters, this year's pups, you know, possibly two or three year old pups that the alpha male and female decide to keep around because they, they mesh well. They're not too aggressive, but they're aggressive enough, right? They offer something to the family group without being too threatening. So let's say I've got this property over here. This is a, this is a kind of a different example. This will not apply across the board, but it, it will, like on cattle farms where they have a lot of dead piles and stuff. If a coyote has a group of family of five, you know, as the alphas, their job is to keep that alive and keep enough resources to grow a population of pups in the next season. If there's enough resources, they're going to allow the previous year pups and possibly even outsiders to come within within their territory maybe not their core territory you know like what we would consider our 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 home would be their core territory our yard would be their you know basic territory so they'll let people play in their yard if there's enough resources if they're tight on resources they'll actually kick their own family members out and they'll fight very heavily to keep the other coyotes out of their area because they're trying to preserve the next you know the next litter now, let's, for example, let's say I go and I kill two of the puppies from this year. That just, there could be other puppies, other subordinates, and even the alphas. I can go and pick and choose which coyote I want. I can play very subtle, very quietly, and try to get the timid coyotes out of there and chisel away at the pack. You know, we'll call it a pack just because that's what everybody calls it. And then eventually maybe even take out the alphas. Or... If I go in there and I take out the alphas, there will be either inside the pack, one of those females will take on the mantle of being the alpha female, or one of the males will take on the, or they'll even bring a coyote from the outside. So there's three types of coyotes based upon a lot of research. You have alphas, betas, and then what's called a transient. Alphas, obviously, like you said, the alpha. And then there's the betas, which are the subordinate, the, the group members. And then there would be a transient. A transient is a coyote that's either been kicked from its group or its group has died. Its, its mate died. And it goes on its own and doesn't really join a group. It just kind of travels on its own. If that transient finds a family group that's lacking a male or a female, it might join that group and become another family group and start their own family. So if you have an area, it's similar to deer, right? If you have an area that has, you know, food and shelter and they feel secure, it's going to hold deer. 
You take mm-hmm. a big deer out of there, another deer is going to see, wow, this is a beautiful place. Plenty of water, plenty of shelter. He's going to live there. Same thing with coyotes. You got a spot with coyotes, you can kill every single coyote out of there. Another coyote's going to say, man, this is a really sweet spot. Nobody's living here. It's mine. And they'll claim it. So there there are transient coyotes. It's kind of, it's bred into them. It's, you know, people would say it's evolution, but that's the way God created them. To, they're built in their DNA to populate. So they will find a spot and they will claim it and they will populate. Or they will run on their own and never find a spot to populate. They'll just be transient coyotes until the day they die. So that is why you can go to the same property and kill multiple coyotes year round. I don't subscribe to the talk where these guys say, I only hunt there once a year. I keep the coyotes fresh. I mean, that's, that is a way to do it. And that's the way a lot of guys kill a lot of coyotes in, in tournaments. But if you know what you're doing and you understand the life cycle of the coyote, and you strategically play your sounds and position yourself and play the wind to where you're not being repetitive. You're, you're offering them something new to play on one of their triggers. You can go to the same property and kill coyotes consistently year round. I mean, I can give you another example. My, I only own 10 acres, Correct. five, five acres behind my house. Last year I killed 13 coyotes and two Fox between August in December on this one five acre plot. And honest to God, my success ratio out here was about 50%. I killed a coyote one out of every two stands I made back there on a five acre plot right behind my house. And you know, the biggest area around here is a 30 acre plot to kitty corner to my house. It's all 10 acre lots. So it's not like it's this big giant field or their farm full of cattle where they're just always moving through. You just, you just got to understand your area understand the behavior of coyotes and know that uh if you, you know if you go to the same place and you play den raid every single time it's not going to work but if you play den raid one time and then you play you know maybe a subtle rabbit or bird the next you're you're keen on two different triggers you know what i mean that makes total sense to me and i know it's working proof is in the videos i mean if you haven't seen them we're we've been putting up some of joe's work uh we just launched one should be up today, this evening, or tomorrow. Um, so, I mean, you're going to have people that will say different opinions and this and that. And, um, everybody's entitled to their opinion. And, and, you know, it's proof, though, that you're utilizing these small acreages, and it's just like deer hunting. You're managing it and doing what you need to do, and you keep being successful. I mean, I to me, it's very impressive. Well, they're and they're not wrong either. You know, there's there's more than one way to skin a cat and there's a thousand ways to call a coyote. You just, you're not, you never, you know, there are ways to be more efficient. You know, you can go out. Oh and yeah. It's, it's never, an ar- it's never an argument with success. We're just, you know, to me, I like what I've seen you do because it relates more to everybody and kind of like Michigan, you know, you, they might not have that 10,000 acres. They might not have three nights a week to hunt coyotes. They might only have, one weekend night and they got four properties that they're trying to rotate and they love they love going out to hunt coyotes. So I'm I'm hoping this relates to those guys a little bit better. And you know, guys like me, I don't I don't coyote hunt on some of my farms where we deer hunt. It's just taboo. We don't we don't do it. We'd rather have a trapper come in after the season and trap them because I don't want that human intrusion. 
on there. But, you know, a lot of other guys are not as obsessed as I am on whitetail. And, you know, they're going to utilize their farms for, you know, rabbits, grouse, coyote, some deer. And that's what it's all about, you know. Yeah. And I, I've, this is another controversial issue, but I'm just going to speak to my experience. Not every coyote is a threat to a deer where a lot of these guys panic. If they see a coyote, you know, they think it's, it's killing all the fawns, killing all the deer. And that may be true, but it also might not be true. You know, just like, you know, everybody knows about, you know, the dolphins, some dolphins uh, have this strategy where they blow bubbles in a circle and they trap the fish. Not all dolphins have learned that skill, only a set group. It's kind of the same thing with coyotes. Um, I've been in areas where the coyotes are eating almost nothing but small rodents and rabbits, and they're not touching the fawns at all. And then I've been in places like, for for example, my area where they have the dead deer pit down the road. They kill fawns quite often. They got the taste of the deer, and that's what they prefer. So it, it's we find dead fawns every year between my house and my neighbor's house every year. So we know that these coyotes kill fawns. And no matter how many coyotes I kill around here, I'm I'm obviously the, the one who's teaching everybody. He's still out there laughing at me. But I've I've been on here's a good example. I've been on a particular ranch where they didn't have any problem with coyotes killing their livestock at all, but they saw coyotes every day. And so I went out there and I killed, I think we killed four coyotes in two nights. And, um, it, it, the guy had no more coyote problem for about a year. Well, a year goes by next season, he calls me and now he's got a very aggressive group of coyotes that are attacking his dogs, attacking his chickens, attacking his cats. Oh man, you screwed it so, up. And I, you know, and I didn't admit that to him. I just like, you know, I'll just take care of those coyotes. But after a lot more thinking about it. It's uh, what happened is, you know, you get a group of coyotes in there that have a specific behavior and then and then uh, <laughs> you get those out of there and you bring in a new group of coyotes that have a different group behavior. Sorry, my son just came in the room to ask me a question. I had to boot him out. You're all right. Kind of lost my train of thought there. But no, yeah, it, so. it, it makes total sense to me. Um, we were down in Illinois and um, there's a lot of we had a deer hunting deer down there on a lease and um there was a lot of coyotes on there and the coyotes had this one alpha field at night there would be you know they would pile up there especially before the season the deer would and then fawns and everything in this big alfalfa field but so did every other critter it looked like a graveyard of skunks i mean skunk carcasses everywhere you know like the little bones and all that and it, it's yeah. skunk you know like you could literally smell like where a skunk was killed and i'm sitting in a tree and a cow come across a field and there was some deer a couple does fawns um young buck and they kind of saw the the coyote they didn't have no reaction to it and a skunk was going down the edge i'm like well, he didn't even look at them deer that joker killed that skunk so fast. I'm like, damn, I should have videotaped that. But them deer didn't have no reaction to that coyote. And they were within 50 yards. Like, oh, he, that's old skunk eater. You know, like, he ain't going to mess with us. Yeah. And, yeah, and I, I've seen similar things. Right, so it makes it makes total sense. I mean, 
if there's plenty of options and plenty of food and that's their choice food, it makes total sense. I mean, but if, I would think though a predator like a coyote, if it was you know the only thing out there is deer, they're gonna they're gonna turn their attention to the deer. So absolutely, when it becomes time, it is definitely every every coyote has a potential to be a deer killer. I mean, I don't mean to say that they're not hey, capable Facebook of it. They are says, capable of it. Facebook says, listen to me. Facebook says nineteen. You kill a coyote, you save nineteen fawns. Yep, and <laughs> so there. And there is some research to that. They they have put they have put trail cam. I'm not exactly sure who did this, but I did read a paper one time where they had put a um, a trail camera next to a den site, and in the amount of time, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe three months or so, where it was before those coyotes were full grown and gone out of that den site, they had killed. I think it was between 13 and 15. It wasn't 19, but it was like 13 or 15. You know, it was about two a week, whatever it might be, two, three a week. So they really were killing fawns quite a bit, this particular group of coyotes. But you can't paint with a broad brush, and and not every single coyote's doing that. You really think as many coyotes as there are out there, if they're all killing 19 fawns, you think there'd be any deer left? No. No. Yeah, it's the same. Just like Cooter, Cooter just said, um, you know, it's like personalities. They get their, they get what what's in, what's trained in them, and then that's kind of where our philosophy is with deer. If we have a doe that that we're used to her certain traits, that's why we we have a really hard time killing does because if we got does that are, you know, we know that they're going to pass their traits down to their you know bucks, yeah. and these bucks grow up not looking in tree stands. Um, and they're kind of used to, I mean, cause you know, it's like putting a dildo on somebody's bed. You're going to see it. Um, you know what I mean? You, you, you're getting these tree stands, the saddles or whatever. You can brush in the best you can. Some point or another, old doe is going to catch you. She's oh, going to yeah. see you. And if she's used to you not killing, and I think these cows evolve in their areas of pressure, food source, you know, it's you know. I don't know if that dildo analogy was very good, but I I, I heard it before. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. I thought it was pretty good when I heard it. I don't know if it came out as sweet as it when I heard it. Um, but well, you're just you're making the point that something's out of place, and uh, there are different. T- one deer is gonna make a big fuss about it and stomp her feet and huff and puff, and another one's gonna say, "Yeah, there's something there, but it's not." It ain't right. ever bothered us before, so right. And I believe, yeah, and I believe there's a, you know, that's a learned and a taught behavior and the same thing with coyotes. And as time goes on, all these e-callers and all, you know, if we're all playing coyote vocals now and we're all playing aggressive fights and howls, we're killing off all the aggressive coyotes. It's only a matter of time before we kind of, kind of maybe, <laughs> I think it's a possibility. Oh, it's man, a, you, you were, you let it yeah. right into it. I didn't even it's have theory. to. Yes. You're gonna. We're gonna control the. We're gonna control the gene pool of the. Uh, you know, it might take a while, but all those aggressive genes, we're gonna start cutting them out little by little, and we're gonna change the path of that coyote to be a little less aggressive, a little more cautious as time goes Amen. on. Amen. I'm glad you went there because I was trying to set you into it without asking you to do it. But you, yeah, and I don't know if that's make true a or not. No, I, yeah, it is true. It's in. It's in the same thing with deer. It's in the same thing with coyotes. I'm going to tell you, we've sold sold a lot of e-callers out of here, and there's a lot of coyote hunters out there, and they're running 
pup distress. They're running this, they're running that, they're running yeah. the howls, they're running this, they're running that. Then coyotes ain't coming. Little little change in the call, you know, like Jason started calling you, and I know he did. He started changing some of them sound patterns and using different ones. And next yeah. thing you know, he's killing dogs or, or slinging a whole box of lead at them. Um, well, it's, you know, and I I don't mind. I'll, you know, you can obviously tell I'll talk to anybody about coyotes for as long as it takes. Um, and everybody's got their own idea. And sometimes they stumble upon an answer and sometimes it's fed to them. And honestly, I had a lot of information fed to me from guys. I, I'm not shy. I'll talk to anyone about anything. And I'm the kind of guy, if I go to a... a if I go to a tournament and there's guys that killed more coyotes than me, I want to befriend that person and I want to ask them what they're doing right and what I'm doing wrong. So I'll, I will, you know, I'm not shy. I don't want to ask you what your secrets are, what sound you're using, but I want to get into a general conversation about what you believe and maybe learn from it. And Jason's like that too. Jason's, you know, he's, he's not shy to ask a question and he learns quick and he's starting to understand the life cycle of the coyote. You know, there's, there are things that work year round and there are things that work seasonally. And it's, you know, that could be a whole podcast right there. Absolutely. Take two hours to yeah. even talk about one of those, but, um, yeah, you know, certainly. And, and if you don't understand the sound you're playing, you're not doing yourself any favor. You're, you got, you're, you're going down that rabbit hole. If you start, start it. Yeah. You're, you're going to you go know? down that, you're going to go down that rabbit hole with the seasonal calls. We're going to have to, we're going to have to do part two on that one. Um, Cause that is a whole nother podcast when you start breaking down. I mean, we spent two hours on the phone breaking down seasonal calls and all that. And, um, yeah, I did want to touch base with you on, um, with the seasons, you know, crops are coming down. It's a year round season. Um, I wanted to get into your, you're running a new thermal and calipers. You, you shoot more bolt guns than, yeah. you know, the AR platform. And, you know, I wanted you to have opportunity to talk about the thermals that are out there. And, you know, because I know you're, you do your due diligence to get all the information. And um, we sell thermals, night vision, and we've had really good success with Pulsar. And, um, but, you know, we're looking into bearing optics and some of these other optics to bring in. And I've been learning from you, but I wanted you to have an opportunity to talk about what you're doing right now. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll talk about my equipment a little bit. Um, I'll focus on thermal cause that's what you kind of, so I, I've been running thermal since 2017. Um, first thermal I ever had was Trigicon right when Trigicon first bought IR defense, I had a Mark II 35 and I, you know, it was, it was super impressive and I, it was beautiful. And then I, when the trail first came out, the Pulsar trail, um, it had, it had the recording, the onboard recording and the audio. And so I instantly, I ordered it the day I heard about it. And, um, when that came in, yeah, in my opinion, side by side, I liked even the image of the trail better than that Trigicon. I liked everything better. Now there's a lot of guys who say Trigicon's the best on the market. And honestly, I don't know the new Trigicon. If the, the, I've never looked through a 60 millimeter or whatever it is, the MK60, the three MK3. I don't know anything about that, but back then. The trail was, in my opinion, the, it was the best thing since sliced bread. So I got that in 2017, and I ran that for a few years. I was one of the people who had the, the zero shift issue on the old trail. And um, Pulsar took care of me. They gave me a brand-new scope, and my second scope, it didn't 
it didn't shift at all. And then when they came out with the Thermion line, which is the, the, the tube series looks like your traditional day scope because I, I like a bolt gun better. The, the boxy kind of brick style thermals don't really fit. Well, you can't, they just don't feel right. They don't sit right. So I've been running the, you know, the, the traditional scope style ever since they came out with that. Um, I've had really good luck with the Thermion XP 50. Um, I loved that scope, but the two power base magnification was a little bit low for me. Um, like I said before, I feel like I'm confident in my shots, but I am a left-handed shooter and I'm, I'm a right-handed person. I'm not really ambidextrous. The only thing I do left-handed is shoot guns. And so when it comes to a longer shot <laughs> that, you know, the better, the more magnification is really going to help me out. And, um, so I recently switched to the uh, the infrared bolt TH50, and I've been running that for about a season now. I got ten dogs dead with that scope so far. I've had it since uh, I, don't know, I think I got it August first. It just sounds what, sweet. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Well, it's got a three and a half power base magnification. Honestly, side like by side that. from yeah, it's for me. I prefer it. I like. That three to three and a half power is the perfect spot for coyote hunting, I think. Um, everybody's got their own opinion. But, you know, with thermal, when you're talking about the cores, everybody knows this. There's a 640 core. There's a 388 core. There's a 320 core. That's just the resolution. And every time you magnify that image, you cut the resolution in half. So if I have the Thermion, which is a two power base, and then I bring that up to a four power, I cut that 640 core down to a 320 core. When it's sitting next to my bolt, which is infrared outdoors, that's a three and a half power. If I crank that up to four power, I'm still, I only lose, you know, half of a power. I don't even know what the math is, but I'm still basically running a 640 core scope. The image is so much more clear at a zoomed in range. And um, that's good for identification. It's good for shot placement, which is also difficult with a thermal. Your shot placement is very tough with the thermal. You know, you're looking at a little white blob. It's like a computer. You're not looking at fur. You're not really seeing body parts, you know. Right. So I, I, that's why I'm running that. And then what you're referring to, the new scope I just got, um, I actually won a coupon from the Infrared Outdoors. Um, they ran like some seminar where – you're just making this up because your wife might like listen. Nope, swear to God, this is yeah. true. I can yeah. prove it. <laughs> I'll send you the image. <laughs> I had to ask, but uh, they had a, they had a seminar where they introduced the new models. This was only about three weeks ago, and when they asked a series of questions for guys who were paying attention, and if you answered the question correctly, you could be chosen to win a fifty percent off coupon. And I I won the coupon, and I just purchased a. It's actually not even available in the United States. It's a European model but it's called the hybrid and it's a, it's kind of a, you know, a square style scope. It looks more like the trail, but it, it doubles as a clip on as well. So you can run it as a clip on, use your day optic, or you can run it as an actual thermal scope with a reticle right inside the screen. And uh, I'm super impressed with it so far. I haven't, I haven't even sighted it in yet, but I've been playing around with it and it's a, it's a 640 core, 12 micron pixel pitch, it's a great image. I'm very impressed with infrared, actually. So and that's that's what I'm using right now. Yeah, I saw but, I saw you put a post up, and I saw somebody write, "Of course, that you had." Well, it. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm not the only one that won these, but um, I'm the only one to get it. So I was the first one to get it. About four or five other guys won the coupon, and uh, apparently I'm the only one to actually get the scope yet. So that was a little dig on me. But, That's cool. Yeah, so that is. I, cool, I get a though. new scope. Yeah, I, I try to get a new scope every year. Um, and it record that this one records right. And audio? Yeah, yeah. They all record now. Yep, they all record nowadays. Right. Pretty much everything except Trigicon, as far as I know, they all record. Um, well, I look so forward to bolt, some footage. Well, I'm working on it, man. I really, I got some footage. I just got to tie in the B-roll for you. That's that's where I lack. But uh, the Bolt does not record audio, so you, I have to splice in audio that I record from my phone, um, which is just another step that irritates the crap out of me. But the Hybrid does record audio, so this might be my main scope now. The hybrid's the one you just got, right? The one I just got is the hybrid, yep. Okay. Yep, even though it's not the tube style, it's a box, a brick, looks like the trail. Um, it, it looks very similar to uh, the Rico. I don't know if anybody knows what the, the, the infrared Rico. But, uh, yep, yep, the, it's, okay. that's that's infrared's version of the trail, yeah. essentially. Okay. So, so, yep, that's what I'm running. And as far as caliber goes, there's no wrong caliber to shoot a coyote. There's just ones that I feel work better. And uh, I like, if I'm going to run a AR platform, my two choices are going to be that six millimeter arc or the 6.5 Grendel, which I have both. Uh-huh. And uh, I have never killed a coyote with the arc yet, but uh, it's hard to find ammo. But I got I, a bunch. I got all, I know you do, but I got you know, I don't, we got boxes I don't like shooting and boxes. Ma- what do you what what is it? I don't like shooting match ammo. So I want to reload my own. Not so when I you need got to get a some hybrid. Bread. I mean, come on. Why would you have match if you got a hybrid? Well why go to diesel if you got an electric car? Well, we're also <laughs> top, we're we're arguing semantics anyway, because I don't I'll use a bolt gun. I my favorite caliber is a two forty three and then Twenty two, two fifty would be yeah. my very close second. Very close. It just depends on really honestly, it just depends on what ammo I'm finding. I I do reload my own ammo, but I don't have enough time to always, you know. And so I have not cooked up a good load for my two forty three, but fortunately it shoots Winchester fifty eight grain. Varmin X lights, lights out. out lights out i mean this i and my gun is it i bought this gun and i was hunting in wyoming with my dad three years ago and i just walked into a cabela's and they had a webley and scott 243 on the shelf and i don't know if you know what those are it's just basically it's a howa it's just a howa but it's got uh, a higher end maple stock you know and so i bought that thing for 450 bucks and uh that's what i run i run i run a 450 dollar bolt gun just out there thumping and dude, it shoots so good. It's it shoots. I I have two and three thousand dollar bolt guns. I mean, you've seen the, my pictures, and I I love them all. But this gun shoots as good or better than all of them. The action's smooth. It's lightweight. Well, it's I like tight, what you, I like what you good. said. You know, there's a, never a bad caliper to pound for. No, with. there's not. You shoot whatever. You know, it, you just have to know your weapon. You know, it's I like shooting laser beams because I'm too stupid to think about bullet drop and. I don't run a laser range finder. So, uh, you know, I put it center mass and pull the trigger. I don't want to think about ballistics, but there are guys out there that have shot the grandpa's 30, 30, and they know where it hits at 700 yards. You know, is if you know your weapon, 
there's no wrong caliber. You just have to know what you're using. That's it's just what, like anything else. That's what I like about the arc. I mean, I'm not shooting at a Kyle past 300 yards. And I've learned that, you know, I could go at 300 yards. I could put it up four inches and still be in the kill zone or anything yeah, else. That, I'm just putting it on. I'm center mass. That's a great caliber for, for coyotes and the AR platform. It's a great caliber. We've enjoyed it. Yeah, I, yeah, six millimeter I think is where it's at, and um, I I haven't finished yet. I told you before I do have the dies, and I'm cooking up some loads right now. I'm gonna I am gonna put a backup scope on an AR, and uh, you know, just for like tournaments or whatever, or taking a buddy out, try to get one of these scopes on that six millimeter arc. I just need to. I'm gonna try putting seventy grain uh varmin x or whatever or not varmin i'm sorry um varmageddon bullets through them and see if i can get a, a jeremy, real tight group with that. jeremy's been cooking up some um i don't know what the grain is i mean 90. what is it 90 90 grain 90 grain um yeah for the arcs and um we found a lot of success success in them uh, jeremy's been running them i got several boxes of i haven't been out coyote hunting in a while i mean we're you know the deer, deer hunting, the the land management, and then getting right into filming and doing our our stuff in the stores. Just I have not had time to go out Kyle hunt, or it's not even in. You know, because you know my passion's on the flip side, but I do love going out Kyle hunt. It's a lot of fun. Um, but like you said, you know, there's all kinds of good calipers and and good rounds, and they all pound fur. Right, twice yeah. cooter. That's twice I got it out, twice in one podcast. <laughs> <laughs> He's just sitting here rolling his eyes. We, I wanted to name, I wanted to name your last video you put out. I wanted to put, I wanted him to write in the intro, the general out pounding fur. <laughs> he wouldn't, he wouldn't uh, put it on there, but he wouldn't do it three times. I've said it. <laughs> Oh yeah, well, you got free reign. You, you got to be forty years to forty years old or older to understand that. <laughs> uh, I'm not quite forty yet, but I'm almost there. So yeah, so, yeah, your yeah your your coyote season's not happening until deer's over. Deer season's over. How long? I don't even know. Michigan season seems like it goes forever. Be hunting deer in February. So no, well, yeah, I guess you could if you want to participate in the. The DNR slaughter of does. Yeah, the killing and, all your does. Yep, yeah. and meat in the freezer, baby. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, and it all depends. Like, there are some guys who are like you, where I have a few properties where they won't let me touch it till they're done hunting. You know, and and those guys want to drain the property, kill does right until you know February one or whatever it was last year. I had a couple properties I couldn't hunt until then, which is fine. You know, it's it, to each their own. Yeah, that's the Oakland County. It did run late last year yes yep yep and i'm i'm just one i'm one mile north of oakland county line where i live i'm in genesee county mm -hmm. but basically a lot of what i hunt is oakland county which is horrible because there's a lot of people who don't agree with it around here i get i get some flack from time to time oh for for the coyote hunter oh yeah yeah i get the cops called on me every once in a while you know <laughs> because ignorant people say coyotes were here first they actually weren't but you know it is, it is what it is, nature, nature lovers, which I am a nature lover, but I also understand the need for it. Well, you know, that's a whole nother, it's again, a whole nother podcast, the glamorization of killing opposed to actually studying your prey and knowing your prey and understanding, you know, that's, I mean, I'm not barbecuing a coyote, 
I, I promise you, I'm not. I'm not even interested into it. There's not enough seasoning in the world for it. But they do make nice furs, nice mounts, um, and they make good ditch um, fertilizer. So yeah, they, well, there's I, a there's an eradication for these things because if you let them out of control and they're not being hunted, they are going to cause havoc beyond what Mother Nature intended. Hunting's essential. Period. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And um, I don't think there's any such thing as wasted resource. When when people say, uh, you know, you kill a coyote and you have nothing, you, there's nothing else to do. Let's say it's mangy or whatever. Can't use its fur. Maybe you can use its skull or its teeth. But you just kind of throw it in the ditch and let it go. That is fertilizer, and that's food for the birds and the bugs. And the world is designed as a natural cycle. All things return to the earth. Mm-hmm. It becomes food. It becomes food for the animals, and then it becomes food for the trees. Absolutely. Can, so it is. It's you can't. And it's just like when people say you're wasting water. Where is it? It's not like I'm sending water to the outer space. It goes into the ground, and it goes in, into the groundwater. You're not wasting. Maybe a little bit of energy, but you're not wasting water. It's just all a big cycle. <laughs> yeah. You come from the ground, and you put back in the ground. So. You put it back in the ground. That's I mean, right. I don't want to. Yeah. I mean. I'm not trying to. You know what? That dog, you come out and you pull it out, and he ain't got no hair from his fucking belly button down to his asshole. I swear I ain't bringing that in my truck. He going in ditch fertilizer. He yeah, going, I don't he, even. He, he yeah. going to ditch fertilizer. I'm not pulling his skull out. I'm not doing whitening the skull. I'm not even messing with it. No, in that, all honesty, I'm not either. I'm just saying there are some people who feel, they and, and that's okay, but they feel an obligation to use whatever parts they can because they took its life. And that, I respect that. I really do. But, uh, you know, like I said, bugs are going to eat them, and it's going to be just fine. So, And in yeah. the past five minutes, we just pissed off 20% of the listeners. Who gives a fuck? Um, this, this with me on the podcast on the helm, we done, we done went into, you know, a whole lot more swearing. We done in the Joe Rogan-type podcast right now. Um there ain't no, I'm not trying to filter anything I got going on and filtering what you got going on. Because what you, here, here's the bottom line, Joe. What we do and we put back into the environment, and yeah, we do kill some cows and you could call it unwanted waste or whatever because you threw it away in the dish. You didn't eat none of it. You didn't save the hide. You didn't do nothing with nothing. You just killed it for what? For sport. Okay, so the money we spent into it and everything else, we probably saved a few quail few skunks, few cats, um, uh, some pug-nosed dogs or some of them little rat dogs out there. Absolutely. Um, so, but all the other stuff that we do as hunters and sportsmen and woodsmen, we put more back into our world than the, the person that we, we just pissed off. I promise you we, we, we do. Guaranteed. We, we contribute way more back to the natural resources. So I, I love to have that argument. Call me up. Call me up. Call me a dog waster or a coyote yeah. shooter or whatever. I'm going to prove you wrong. 100% I'm going to prove you wrong. I give way more back to our natural resources than you could dream of. What? Because you fucking put a solar panel on your house? Kiss my ass. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to be said about that, too. Why, why don't you research what happens to those batteries? But, uh, is, yeah. <laughs> and you know, I, I keep leading you to stuff that we've talked about before, but I gotta be careful <laughs> doing that. We'll be on here for another hour. No. Um, Joe, yeah, I, as far as you, as, as far as conservation goes, you're absolutely right about that. I mean, 
that's I buy every single tag available in Michigan every year, although I don't use hardly half of them. And it's just because I want that money going through the state. I want them to be able to have the resources necessary to help us manage our populations. And that's that's why I buy all every tag available. So Yeah, I mean, good for you. I don't do that, but um. <laughs> Well, you don't have to. I don't hey, I don't it's 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 good. I mean I mean, there's each and every way. Like, you do that, I do different things. You do different things, I do different things. Um, you know, but I, like I said, what, what I do has nothing to do with DNR or anything else. I'm giving so much back to wildlife in our plan, our, our goal, our, our mission statement, the top 10%. And then when we do land management, it doesn't just make big bucks come. It makes turkey come. It will bring you coyotes. It's going to bring you rabbits. It's going to bring you skunks. It's going to bring you salamanders. Um, (laughs) Freaking ducks I can't even name. Um, Everything falls back. I ain't a biologist, but I do know one thing. I know how to get back to Mother Nature and, and create an environment where all species of life have all the opportunity in the world to thrive habitat 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 that is you know we need the habitat gurus but you know what we kind of walk this walk the walk and talk the talk and that's why you're here i mean if you don't know the name know the name the general the general gets it done eating out there every day but if you got questions hit the hit them up Hit him on social media. He, like you said, Joe. Joe. Joe shares the passion, and that's we want these new guys coming to the sport, understanding it, and having success. That's that's what top ten's all about, man. And we 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 thank you for being part of us. Well, I thank you for having me. You know, absolutely. Um, it's, it's nice to be a part of a group. You know, a group of guys that I get along with. All of you, like-minded people. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we might we might swear a little bit and. Do some stuff like that and throw dogs in the ditch after shoot them, but not dog dogs, but coyotes. Yeah, you got to be careful with that dog word. Right, coyotes. We put coyotes yeah. in the third fertilizer ditch. Fertilizer um, ditch. <laughs> but or in the garden if it's during the summer. I mean, we had some gardens that might have had a coyote or two under there for fertilizer. Oh yeah. Um, you know, or or you know. All kinds of ways of, of disposing of them. But we want, I want to thank you. I know you got your kids, and I know you got to get on that floor. Um, you know, so I don't want to keep you all night long, and I appreciate your time. And, um, man, you made it easy to be a host. A um, lot, of, lot of good information. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, give me a goal for this year that you want to do, coyote world or deer hunting world or something you want to get accomplished before I – Hang up the phone with you. Oh, something a goal, man. Yeah. I'm not a very, I'm not a very goal oriented kind of person. I want to make a million bucks before I'm forty. Other than that, I don't really care. So I don't, I don't play around with numbers of coyotes I kill, and I'm happy to take any deer just to put meat in the freezer. I'm not really a. I would love to kill one big buck with my bow, since I have never killed a big buck with my bow. I have killed decent, kind nothing bigger than one twenty. With my crossbow, I've killed a couple of decent deer out west with what my I, rifle. I'll give you a goal. My goal, what I would love to see you get to the point where you felt confident to get out there, back out there with your compound bow, shooting left-handed, yep. 
and harvest an animal. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I, uh, I've already had two or three opportunities to take dough. Uh, I've got, I don't know. Here, I'll get into this real quick before I go. I got, I set a little, a little sneak stock spot in my backyard where I've got these hedgerows where I can walk and I've got just this perfect little pinch point where I almost always have dough coming in in the evening. And, um, multiple times I've walked out there with a bow just to see if I could put a stalk on them and get within 20 yards and spent about eight times so far this year I've done it. So I just got to get confident in that shot and try to stalk up on that. But it's, you know, it's just a doe. It's, there's, I never have any bucks back here. And, uh, but if I could do that with, with, you know, eight point or better, I'd be happy. Well, so when you I, guys, I see, I see you practicing and, um, every day that's that's the you know it's pretty impressive to switch from right-handed to left-handed and 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 you're not letting one fly until you're comfortable so that's no, the, the last thing i want to do is wound another deer like mm-hmm. I, I don't know if i got that far into the story earlier but i did i quit hunting because of that until yeah. crossbows became legal again in michigan right i mean then you had I, that that nobody listened to you through your childhood and Everybody else was right, and they didn't enlist you, and now you're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> that's, my whole, that's my whole life. That still happens today. Maybe I should figure that out. So. All right, Joe, I appreciate the time, man, and um, hang in there. And we thank you very much, and, and, and get on our YouTube and check out Joe. And check out the Kyle videos and hit that subscribe button. We really appreciate it. Um, these guys are out there. You know, these are real guys doing the real things, and 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 and, and they do a little bit of their own editing and, and send it over. And Cooter, you're one of the guys that does a lot of his own editing, and Cooter's just got to put a few things together. And we thank you very much, and um, you have a great night. Yep. All right. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>